Hello everyone and welcome to my third episode and part two of a three-part series with my partner Paul Robinson where we have actually discussed so much more than I thought we were going to. (laughs) So in this episode we decided to talk about how the long distance relationship has actually worked for us so well in our relationship and kind of created more of an understanding going forward as to what works best for us as individuals in this relationship because I know so many of us believe that we need to be a specific way or do a specific thing in this fairy tale relationship that just doesn't exist. So we kind of break down those walls, we dismantle the societal norms when it comes to relationships and we just kind of share with you again a little bit of personal insight into our relationship and how it's not perfect and how if you're in a relationship that doesn't feel perfect then you're probably in the right relationship. (laughs) Uh, We also talk about the masculine and feminine which is something that's so beautiful to me in my life right now and Paul definitely helps me understand where I am at a little bit more in my journey so I hope you enjoy it please once again if you have any questions come to me if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify can you please share on your Instagram story and tag me and if you're listening to it on your iPhone app can you please leave a review Uh, I hope you enjoy it and speak to you guys again soon okay so this is actually a much better connection this time um okay so everyone welcome to the second part of our three-part series it's actually taken us some time to get together again and record this for you because what actually happens is paul and i will call each other in the evening and then an hour later we're still on the phone and we've had the most incredible conversation and I guess that was an opportunity for a podcast and I just didn't jump at it. Um, I know, sometimes we should just press record. (laughs) Yeah, and I wish that we could record our conversations because halfway through the conversation on the phone, I'm always like, oh, this content is incredible. And then like, we don't have it. (laughs) But again, some of these moments just for ourselves is absolutely quite beautiful. And I guess it's not always about creating content for other people. Well, that's true. Um, but That's what true. I will say is I want to introduce you all to the second part series. We've kind of toyed a little bit about what we believe the topic should be. And for Paul and I, the both of us have kind of gone through mm. our own transitions recently when it comes to within relationships and then outside of relationships. And it's been really interesting because Paul and I have actually kind of been the perfect mirror reflections of each other for the last three years. And now we've stepped into a space where, where we're actually able to see that and understand that and, and see why as a partnership, we've actually been the best possible teachers for each other that we could possibly be. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's really taken us to learn how to dismantle the the societal narrative of a love story and actually delve into what it means to be in love and I think we've we've come to a couple of conclusions where it doesn't match the fairy tale and that's something that you touched on there on that first attempt that we tried to record (laughs) (laughs) where we that that fairy tale that it isn't quite as simple and as it's not what the movies would have you believe Mm mm-hmm 
So yeah, it's been an interesting couple of years of learning when when it comes to love. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I think for me, it's really been like that point in the relationship where, I mean, last year I didn't realize, um, and I think a lot of couples will relate to this, how codependent you and I actually became, um, in the scenarios and situations that we were in both probably financially as well as (sighs) mentally. Um, I think I had two outlets one was fighting with you not fighting with you but using you as a tool to um, expel my frustration and then the second was probably just the gym and exercise um but yeah throughout that year upon reflection obviously everything is much easier to see but coming to the point where I then decided like you know I'm I'm actually going to move to Perth um and your decision was Mm -hmm. to stay in Kananara like go through a little yeah. bit of how that was for you as well on the receiving end of that um i suppose being on the receiving end of your decision to move away from me uh was very much a situation where you could be hurt by and i think i was on on the immediate receiver but i was i was definitely the hurt man that you'd nearly expect from their partner suggesting that they wanted to be away from not you but that's how it comes across when you're on the receiving end when you're not really when you're not really feeling like that that is a good thing to be for the relationship like long distance is something that i never really wanted to do again ever again and i think that that was like a fear that was blocking that potential i was like no that's something that i would definitely not do again like there's too much potential for everything to go wrong and i think that here and and being on the receiving end of the news of you being like well i want to move to perth i fell into that mindset of like well this is going to all go up shit creek, but I love you and I love the decision that you're going, but I couldn't help being like pessimistic about the idea. I suppose like in my heart, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to tear us apart. But at the same time, like I knew it was something that you wanted to do and I would never have wanted to hold that back from you. So I was like, yeah, 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 go for it. But inside I was like, crawling I think that you've actually just touched on something that I've never picked up from you before and that's the point that you said it really didn't make you comfortable but you knew it was something that I wanted to do and I think that so many couples and relationships that I've even been in in the past have not removed themselves from that scenario Mm. like you did to be able to say Orla go and have a fantastic time find your experiences find the opportunity and then when the time is right we will reconnect again and I'll be down to see you at Christmas time so like many many couples don't actually have that that capacity to be able to remove themselves from the situation and go you know what actually what is best for my partner at this particular time and that's something that well it's hard to get into that mindset because uh, you have to be like this is gonna sound quite harsh and this might trigger you or it might trigger people like listening but for for me to be able to be like 
I wasn't okay with it, but I was okay with letting you do it because I was like, this is good for you. I had to have a certain sense of like, um, well, if she chooses to sleep with someone else or if she chooses some other bright and shiny object in the form of another man, like, it will be what it will be and that's just the end of it. Like, you're just going to show me your true colours by being there and you'll be doing me a favour by proving yourself either way. So I think I had that in my head. I was like, well, regardless of, like, what happens, Mm. you're just showing me the true you, regardless. And I wouldn't want to have to wait 15 years down the line for you to be able to show me those colours. So I think, for me, I think that I had already dealt with the idea of the potential breakup, the potential, like... uh, the the relationship just dissolving or like it just coming apart or that's like that's a lot of pain i didn't go through that no but i i dealt with it before it happened so i think that it was like well either way i'm i'm i know i'm gonna be okay and i think that that made me strong mm. and that made me more confident in being able to step into the things that I wanted to do for me because I was like, well, either way, like, if it works, this that's fucking great because that's what I want. And if it doesn't work, well, I'm still going to be okay. And I think that that was, that was a hard mentality to get into, but I think it was ultimately the one that, that shone me in my brightest light. I think that that worked for me well. So what kind of coping strategy would you call that because i'm just gonna say that i never doubted the relationship i had no doubts in my mind oh, I whatsoever didn't doubt it either, but that's that's the thing like you have i had to deal with the idea that it might and and just in my head just know i was gonna be okay either way i think that that was my coping strategy i'm like well either way like that you're like you're doing me a favor like because if there's ever a potential in the future and like when we're married or whatever for us to be apart, then I'll know for definite that you're trustworthy and, mm-hmm. like, we can do it and it's, like, we'll come together as a team on this, like, adventure of being apart. And I think that, like, that's the way I looked at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, we didn't leave Ireland on our travels to then end up in a long-distance relationship. Like, that was not... <laughs> Well, that's what not we had plans to your, do. Your daddy told me to look after you and keep you side by side. Like, yeah. he said, do not part ways. Stay together always. <laughs> and I was like, yes, no problem. And Orla's like, yeah, but I want to I wanna move to Perth. And I'm like, that's not what your dad said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, look after you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually quite funny when you think about the, the transition of what happened. But the, the fact of it is, like when you travel to Australia, there are visa requirements in place and the practicalities were just that we lived in separate places. The opportunities for you were in Kununurra and still are quite fantastic and the opportunities for me weren't there. And so I felt like for me, the best option was to be in a city where the opportunities did ultimately fall into my lap, which we've found out in the last couple of days, which has been really nice. But but definitely um, the long distance relationship thing I want to touch on kind of initially probably the first thing that we picked up on whenever we did part ways and that was how codependent we really were. Um, Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that we we maybe thought that we were more independent than we were, but 
upon like reflection of me being in Perth for the last four, five, six months, I don't know how long. I That's a bit longer than that, babe. Yeah, I know. I, I always say that. I'm like, six months. <laughs> um, I was extremely codependent upon you for gratification, for body confidence, for verbal affirmation. Um, so much, Paul, that only since I've kind of stepped away and from being by your side every day have I realized that and and I really think that a lot of that was a big part to play in resentment in the relationship what do you think about that yeah I would say that that could play a huge part in a build-up of resentment because at your subconscious level you you don't know at the forefront of your mind, but at your subconscious level, you have a an understanding that you cannot be at your full potential while you're acting in this particular manner. Um, just because we don't know it in the forefront of our thinking doesn't mean our body and our soul doesn't know that we're li- not living up to our full potential. And it still recognises that the reason is standing in front of you and it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend mm. and just because you can't articulate those thoughts it doesn't mean that your brain's not smart enough to put two and two together and go I don't feel good and it's your fault mm-hmm. but it's not it's it's just you haven't been able to separate yourself from what your codependency was and for you and I we've been fortunate enough to tell each other that we're going to work as a team apart from each other And we've managed to find out where our codependency lies. And yours was in all of the things that you've just listed. And mine were in total different areas. Mine was like, I wasn't comfortable going out fishing or I wasn't comfortable going out to the pub or socializing without you being by my side. And I would have said like, oh, I just want to share the experience with you. But in actual fact, I wasn't super comfortable just going out and doing it and being me in these situations I, I would have rathered cozy up with you and said say no to the night out or say no to going out and doing stuff because that was that was where I, my codependency laid just by not doing the thing that I wanted to do mm-hmm. if if I asked you if you wanted to do it and I really wanted you to be there with me because I wouldn't have done it without you and you said no, then I would have been happy enough just to sit there and watch TV or eat snacks or go mm-hmm. to the gym or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of explain a little bit to people about what codependency in a relationship looks like. So I'm going to give you yeah. an example. Um, for me, uh, okay, so say for example, you're in a position where you want to work on your body and you wanna change your shape, you wanna start to create healthier habits. And every day that you choose to do this, you have got the challenge of your partner who maybe isn't making the same decisions. Then after five days, after six days, you kind of just drop the idea of what you're trying to achieve, right? It's seven days, by by day 10, you're both cozying up in front of the sofa at 6 p.m. with your nachos and Netflix. Yeah. And what actually happens is the brain goes, this isn't what I want. 
in order for me to not have to take responsibility for my detrimental actions, who can I subconsciously project this onto to ensure that I don't have to change? And your brain will blame the other person in front of you yeah. because the only way you're not blaming the other person in front of you is if you're doing the thing that you want to do. So at the gym while your partner is in front of the TV with his nachos and Netflix or she. Um, and that's exactly what codependency in relationships looks like. And, and you can translate that into so many different areas, not just nachos and Netflix. It can be in absolutely everything that you feel uncomfortable within your relationship. So what I would say is find the areas of your life today in your relationship where you feel you're not at a standard that you're happy with and try and establish your own changes in that area and they're your own nobody needs to do them with you you are not held accountable to anybody else in that relationship except yourself what what do you think paul was that i agree i i absolutely agree i think that that what you're describing is the toxic effect of codependency and i think that um, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that if you cannot be or if you do not have the willpower to search and find yourself and find out exactly what you should be doing in order for you to be living a more fulfilled life, then the codependency will creep in much, much quicker. And it comes down to pleasure over um i would say over discipline because most of the things that make us joyful and fulfilled come with an element of discipline and most of the things that we would be doing in a codependency fashion would be more along the pleasure seeker line where like well i'll just i'll just forgo my gym session tonight and I'll watch a movie with you. So you're you're gratifying that instant pleasure with your boyfriend and you're you're actually withholding from the activity that you know would actually be quite good for your soul, for your mentality, for your alignment of your livelihood morals and you're you're deciding to go against that because you want an evening of feels, you want to feel loved or you want to feel gratified or you want to feel like um i don't know maybe you want sex that night do you know you're you're just you're doing it for the feels and mm -hmm. not for the greater good of your livelihood mm -hmm. and that's and, one of and the i things, think that that's what codependency really comes down to in my opinion mm -hmm. one of the things that i learned recently as well which kind of like made me triggered me a little bit was that the more times in your relationship you say you're going to do something and maybe spend four or five days doing it and then don't do it, you actually create a space for your partner to not really start to have much respect for you in that regard. Um, and they have more of a, a space that they feel maybe that they can like call you out or um, you know, say that you've tried this before, you haven't done this, but I, that kind of um, shook me a little bit because I know there's so many things I said I'm going to do and achieve by this time and I haven't. 
And then I and then I like, well, now I can fully understand why someone who loves me and wants me to do all of these things is going to use that space to kind of call me out. And and I think if your partner does do that with you, try and give them the space of love and understanding because you've kind of you've kind of not taken responsibility for where you want to be and they're just a mere reflection of your subconscious anyway telling you you kind of need to do xyz otherwise sorry things aren't going to get any better for you well that's it and i think the fact that like if your partner is calling you out so to speak the way the way that you've just said so you've put out this thing into the into the relationship and you've made a statement of what you're going to be and do and then all of a sudden the partner recognizes that you're not that that you said that you were going to be or that you're not even trying Mm. to live up to that i think that at the point that they challenge you on the idea and they will 100% trigger you. You will feel upset and you'll want to run away or fight them. At the point that they they highlight it to you, you really need to take a step back and go, oh, this, this is the challenge that a true lover is supposed to give me. Somebody that loves me is looking out for the well-being of my trajectory in this relationship. Mm. They're looking out for my rise in success. They're not looking at me like a piece of meat. They don't want to have an argument with me. They're just highlighting the fact that once upon a time I said I wanted to be this, do this, achieve this, and I'm not going in that direction. So ultimately, they're coming at you with a little bit of love it might be like difficult to hear but they're basically saying well i want for you what you said you wanted for you so let's try and fucking (laughs) get back on track and it might not be articulated that way it might sound a lot more mean it might come at the worst opportunity it might come in the middle of an argument but at the same time you need to separate yourself from that and go oh they were once listening at my goals and aspirations and they understand how much that means to me and now they're highlighting that that's something that they would like for me to do Mm -hmm. and sometimes hearing that is really difficult (laughs) the other person can get so triggered because they know subconsciously and consciously Mm -hmm. that they weren't doing it Mm -hmm. otherwise they'd be able to turn around and be like i did this i've been doing this i've been working towards this you know what they wouldn't even need to answer like that they would literally just say thank you for your input i appreciate what you're saying pretty much yeah (laughs) because because it would be water off a duck's back because they'd be like well i know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. i've already taken like the last 40 steps to get to where i am now Mm -hmm. And so, as a couple within us, right, how do you believe... So, when people ask me now, where's your partner, why is he up there? I say, actually, you know, this is a decision that both of us are now really conscious and happy with because we've been able to grow in really beautiful ways separately. And I think, and I've said this to you before, that if we were together going through what we're going through we would be definitely triggering each other a lot 
And the reason being that, which I spoke to you about before, Paul, is that you are currently at the stage in your life where you are incorporating and integrating this new masculine energy into your life, which I have maybe yeah. been the reflection of for you for the last three years. And I yeah. am now incorporating and integrating this feminine into my life, yeah. which you have been the reflection of for me for the last three years. So we're mm -hmm. actually in a space where we're trying to become more wholesome with the other side of our energies that we're not fully familiar with so yeah. imagine what that would be like as a collect that would probably be way too much for any relationship well, to handle and and i honestly I feel like, like that's like why we're apart sorry yeah, i would like to stop you there because something that you've just said has like i agreed with maybe two weeks ago mm. and I, now because I'm starting to learn about masculine and feminine energy and hearing you say that we would trigger each other right now I would have totally agreed with mm -hmm. but now having learned a couple more bits and pieces about the masculine energy and what it does for the divine feminine that you are currently in seeking mode for I suppose you're you're looking at it and trying to incorporate it into your life so recently I have like really started listening to like my inner core being the true man that wants to come out and develop himself and I've researched into like a few different people who are actually like mentors in that area Something that I've been listening to recently was a guy talking about the fact that when a man takes on the traditional roles of the masculine in a relationship, whether they're married or not, like, but if he's in the relationship and he takes on those traditional roles of protecting, providing, keeping the structure of the family or the structure of the relationship intact and making sure that he is stoic and unmoved by bullshit and decision making and times of frustration when it's difficult for the feminine to be able to because it, let's let's actually just understand the fact that sometimes females get frustrated at decision making like that's mm -hmm. a thing that's a, that's and a it's nice feminine trait. for a man to just go do you know what this is how it's going to be and I think that sometimes when the feminine challenges the masculine like that's what they need they want that and i think that recently me taking on this slightly more extreme masculine role if we were together it would give you the chance to be more feminine. relax oh. into the feminine oh. and just be at one with being the woman that you want to be at your mm. core and this is why i don't think that you are you would be triggered in my presence right now because i think that it would actually give your soul the opportunity to take on the feminine instead of being tight and frustrated and thinking that you have to be the decision maker and that you have to be the role model and you're emulating on or replicating too much masculine in your life because you think that that's the way forwards and in fact if the masculine takes on that strong pillar of strength that the feminine needs to feel in order for her to open up and feel divine and at one with her 
self and relaxed and well that's what the feminine represents to me it seems that as soon as they relax they do open up and i think that like the image of the vulva and all the rest of it and the the idea of this as soon as they relax they're in receiving mode like if you start to look at like the masculine feminine like even at the simplest of terms like the, the masculine is assertive and it's penetrative and it gets the job done whereas the female relaxes and it mm. welcomes and it opens up and it gives birth to mm. so like if you understand that like the man can protect and the female can nurture ideas and nurture like this openness and create a space where the man can become conscious of like a bigger picture i think that this is what the feminine does for the masculine and i think that these days the feminine needs to allow the masculine to be mm -hmm. and i think that that's what every female is asking the men to for i think that's what every feminist is asking the men for them to be let me be feminine they might take it to the extreme and they might not fully understand what they're asking for but i think that that is what they're asking for i think they're asking men to let them be women let them be in touch with their feminine and i think that sometimes they take it to the extreme and they're replicating masculine in the most toxic way mm -hmm. they're replicating the power side and the assertive side but that doesn't seem to be the archetype of the the feminine the archetype of the divine feminine it mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be what the female really likes to be like but mm -hmm. that's just that's just a perception recently now what do you think about that i am literally blown away just by what you just said and i just want to give you a little bit of like realization for me so whenever i said about me being triggered by you because we're both starting to integrate the oppositions of the archetypes right well they're not oppositions mm. but the, the opposite ends i suppose are of the spectrum and the archetypes masculine and feminine mm -hmm. i realized that it wasn't you that i was afraid of clashing with it's actually me i it's think so too that the me that i become or the me that I, I was when I was with you. But I think, Orla, I think that what you're confusing is the the difficulty of dropping an identity. Mm, absolutely. Your previous, your the previous Orla has to die in order for the next one to be born again. Yeah. You need to, you need to drop that, like the previous period and then open up into the next area. I'm, you know, I'm literally like, section. yeah, I'm so blown away because I've just realized now that it's not you and it's not me and you together. It's, it's no. literally the masculine in me that is, fighting. that is fighting the feminine and trying to, mm -hmm. to kind of say, I don't need you because if, if you come in, I'm going to be submissive and that's a weak woman. And you've been raised to be a strong, yeah. independent woman and you have all the yeah. types of this. Even when I think of the affirmations I did from 22 to, to today, it's I am strong, I am independent, I am courageous, mm -hmm. I am decisive, I am present. Those are all extremely masculine, strong um, 
traits of the of the masculine archetype and so when I say that I think that you and I would trigger each other I actually don't believe that to be true just after listening to what you've just said and now I'm like no wonder why my brain is telling me create this environment that Paul can yeah. be with you every single day and that's what I truly do want and what I'm truly focusing all yeah. my visualizations on because I want us to be back together again now and I want us to be in each other's space again um but wow thank you for sharing that and i feel like it's gonna give so many of these listeners such a like a crazy understanding because this is brand new to me and you this this Uh, and i feel like it's really going to allow our listeners to have this brand new understanding of where they are and then a brand new understanding of how their relationship is because of how each of each of them are and mm-hmm. and whether it's female and female or male and male, we, there's still both masculine and feminine energies in each of those people. Um, and that's something that you really need to recognize that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about the masculine and when I talk about the masculine, I'm not talking about a man. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. That it is an energy. You're right. And I think that, that while we're having this conversation, it's it will be hard for the listeners to recognize that when you're talking about the masculine and the feminine you're not actually talking about a person but you have to also understand in our particular relationship the feminine should like it is in you and you are the female and that is the archetype that you are you can feel at your core and you're going against the previous identity and the masculine is predominantly in me. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I feel coming on strong. And it's the one that I can feel as I take more and more responsibility for acting like. I can feel more aligned and my life seems to be going in the right direction, especially when it comes to relationship. So when it comes to understanding like how females act in relationships and I can start to recognize things that you do and like I can start to recognize that when I act a particular way that is right to me as I think well how would like a strong man act in this position and then I act it out I can actually see you either like crumble as the female that I want you to be in my hands or I can see you challenge it and then understand it and then be like this is what I want from you and the amount of messages that I've had from you over the last few months where it's like this is exactly what I wanted this is exactly how I wanted to feel this is do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's been multiply it's multiple affirmations from you in the sense that like it's going in the right direction like I'm doing something right Mm-hmm. it feels right that's how it should be like that's what I should be saying it feels right and when you're doing it have you also felt this with regards to us being in different locations do you think that that has a part to play in that uh, it's given me the opportunity to strengthen that stoic side of being the masculine mm-hmm so in order for me to be unmoved by nonsense that has definitely been in our benefit so in order for me to be able to like 
uh, I, I genuinely believe that women test men to see what, how much nonsense they can put up with. So and they challenge vice versa, them. just so you know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, vice versa too, but it's in a different sense. Like a female will always want to know that they can trust mm. her husband to, to be there and be reliable. Mm. And therefore, well, what way would you ever test anything? You, 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 would, you would throw something. If it was a bridge, you'd put a weight on it. So as the man who typically is providing structure to the relationship and providing protection and provision of some sort in, in a kind of way, what way would a female feel comfortable if she's feeling unsure and she'll throw a wee test mm. and it's subconscious mm-hmm. but she'll throw a wee test and she'll test his his ability to take it on the chin and keep moving forwards for the benefit of the relationship and it happens all the time Orla you do it to me all the time <laughs> and more and more recently I've been able to like take it and just either tell you to wise up like I love you and we'll carry on or laugh at you <laughs> keep going because I think that that's it's exactly what you need at the time. It's to like, be honest, I have felt you laughing at me quite a lot recently, but it has been really lovely because then I laugh at myself. Yeah, because it takes away that concern. And then it's like, oh, well, then I have nothing to be well, concerned about because he's a strong man in the relationship that I need him to be. You're not giving me any kind of validation as to why what I would be saying could be valid. <laughs> Exactly. So it's it's the it's you're testing the bridge and the bridge is holding. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's been really nice. It's been quite explorative as well. There's a few things you've said there that I've never heard you say before. Um and I and given me a new understanding, which is always what happens in our conversations anyway, so it's not like this is anything new. <laughs> yes. Um But what I will do is I'll go into some of the questions that we received, okay? You ready? Yeah. Okay. Of course, yeah, I'm ready. Um I'm always ready. Okay, so how do we make our conversations go beyond how was your day? Oh, how do you do it? Right, okay, I've got it. How how do we do it is the question. Oh, how do how do you and I do it? Well, either answer. I'm well, sure we do both. Well, the fact the fact is, like, it starts that way. Mm, it always and does. Do you know what? Like, that's a difficult question because sometimes it doesn't go any further than that because. Mm. If you're tired or busy, especially with you building a business, there's been times where I'm trying to have a conversation with you. It takes 30 seconds for you to answer. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. Like, if there's no genuine interest, the conversation will not go any further. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just it's dead in the water and there's no point chasing after a dead fish. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't happen. But then if I, I did it the other day, um, if... I was seeking like a, a good conversation from you. I was like, get off Facebook, get off Instagram, stop replying, like actually come back to reality and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember me saying that to you? Yeah. I was like, come back. And you were like, oh yeah, okay, okay. And then you and then you did. Mm-hmm. And then you give me a, a reason. You were like, oh, I'm just replying to da da da. And I was like, no, 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 do that after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you remember? Mm-hmm. I think I've only done it a couple of times in the last month, but I, I just remember. It doesn't phase me though, because I'm like, yeah, no, it's right. I better just chat and, and be on the phone rather than yeah. doing what I'm doing. And but I, I think in person like that's a really important thing to do like snap them back into it like if and don't just do it because you want attention do it because you actually want to talk to them about something Mm. do you know you have a genuine interest in them and can i just give something else that works yeah some raunchy dirty messages Or yeah, like but that's just, a saucy that's picture. Just lost. No, but you, you sometimes are ignoring me and being boring, and then I'll be like, oh, if I send him a saucy picture, I'll have all his attention. Yeah, but that's you just being, I need validation from you right now. <laughs> no, it's really not always, but sometimes, yes, I can totally see where you're coming from. Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, this will this will get his attention. It will stop him doing whatever he's doing. Stop him school. Stop ignoring me and look at my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a good question. Um, uh, how do you deal? This is probably more so me um, than you. Well, okay. actually, I'm not quite sure. Um, how do you deal with FOMO when your partner goes to social events that you can't attend? Oh, I, I do that. This hurts me. Yeah, really? go on. Does this get to you? Oh, Orla, you have no idea. You've been to fucking Sydney. You've been to conventions. You go, like, to other cities. And I'm working away in my track, though. Like, if there's anyone getting fear of missing out in this relationship, it's me. Like, oh. you visit so many places while, like, since the start of our relationship. You've been out and about constantly. I am dying for you to have my child so I can do the exact same thing to you (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny so tell me how do you deal with it then because you're not I'm telling you now that you're very good in that scenario you're you don't project I know that's why this is news to you isn't it yeah, because I, I kind of thought, you know, in a way, oh, he must be really annoyed that I'm doing all this travel and he's bored up there. But, like, I didn't actually hear you ever say it like that. Not particularly while I'm in Kununur because I've been doing a lot of stuff for me, like, mm-hmm. up here, so it's different. But there has been a couple of times where I'm like, oh, she's gone to Sydney, she's gone to Perth, like... And then even while we are, like, in the uk like there were times when you were away visiting london or you were visiting like was it prague Mm. did you go to prague or germany Mm -hmm. i can't remember you you went you went abroad and stuff and you're happy to go out to like ireland's fitz family and all these other bits and pieces where you're like out and about and i think that for me personally like i just remember one particular time when i sailed from northern ireland to scotland and it was a really damaging weekend for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was one of the one reasons that I found it quite hard to just up and go mm-hmm. out places by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could talk about that in a different podcast because mm-hmm. I like this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, at the same time as like having fear of missing out, I'm also like stupidly excited for like what you're doing Mm. at the time and I think that that helps because then it's less toxic and I'm less likely to be like mean in messages or like project yeah project yeah so what I will say is like for me right because I am that person that's always been (laughs) 
going out and doing these things and like I've never second guessed doing anything on my own very rarely um and I think studying in America at 19 was the gift that was given to me to have that trait because I could see Mm. the bigger world and and what the opportunities were so um for me now like in the last year or whatever amount of time we've been in a long distance relationship when you tell me that you're doing something I get really excited because I know this is new territory (laughs) for you I'm like oh my gosh it's like it's like I've let my like like you know you watch your best friend go off and and go on her date for the first time but you've helped her pick her outfit or I don't know men you wouldn't relate to that but I'm no, I know that other girls would it's like I'm so proud of you for for putting yeah. yourself out there for out there for not just sitting in and getting your takeaway and just I'm I am actually so in awe of you in that moment because I know how that's not just typical for you to want to go and do that and so yeah. also when I hear this, I also can feel my my shadow and like my my um what I would say manipulation or, or wanted manipulation to kind of put you back in a box. I I can sense that that's there. I've had that in previous relationships. I've definitely done that with yeah. ex partners. But I I I know that it's not truth me. It's not truth Orla. It's not my full body. Yeah. Yes, it's it's literally just my shadow and and my sub or my ego coming up to say, "Oh, you should feel a threat here." And I have to remind and say, "Um, no, no, there is no threat. I am actually very safe because my partner loves me and and I love him." And it helps that I go with fishing trips with my boss and his father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, but not even that because you have went on nights out and you do still drink and, and I don't do that. I don't remember the last time I've been on a night out and um, been on the drink. And like yeah, for true. me, even then, I was like, oh, that's really good. Like I'm actually so like happy for him. And I remember one night in particular I think this was before you even came down for Christmas you were going out and I did not feel okay and this probably feeds on to one of the next questions that's coming so it's um it's about jealousy jealousy (laughs) yeah um yeah okay and so like there was one night you were going out and I felt so overwhelmed with jealousy now in the last month there was, I think, a day or two, and and I recognised it was on my bleed, and it was, it was like the second day of my period, and I I was really irrational, and I felt really jealous for some reason. Um, I I think I might have vocalised it to you because I am quite expressive anyway, thankfully, but I don't fully remember if it ever escalated to anything. But oh, it did. I got really emotional. It did. With you. Yeah. 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 There was one night where yeah. it got it, it got ridiculous yeah so the uh, question up. yeah the question is how do you each cope with jealousy if it ever comes up being long distance so i can honestly say it definitely has for me but i think this is yeah. because i've stopped trying to grasp gratification from other areas of my life whereby <laughs> that maybe wouldn't be a thing whereas it has come up for me and maybe like three or yeah. four times where like yeah. it's been really irrational and i can't i i actually can hear my consciousness yeah. say orla um what why are you acting like this can yeah. you can you just stop um and then i can still feel the want to be quite irrational but i think that that comes from emotional not processing something that i should be processing and like procrastination in business i think that it's again using you as an avenue for expression um in and a I different think that, way yeah yeah, 
I agree. And I think that's what I recognise jealousy as, because I'm not jealous. I know with every ounce of my being that you wouldn't be with anyone else and I wouldn't be with anyone well, else. So it's like, I think it's an expressive tool to, to get out my frustration, if that makes sense. If you think about jealousy, it's, it's a feeling of like fear that someone else can have your partner, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. So the only reason for anybody to feel fearful that their partner that loves them is going to go off with somebody else is because you don't feel good in your own skin. And the reason that somebody would not feel good in their own skin is because they're not, they don't have their core values in line. They're not aligned with the things that they're doing from day to day. Maybe they're not treating themselves the way they would treat their best friends in that sense. Maybe they're not eating right. Maybe they're not training right. Maybe they've got a demotion at work. Maybe their their life isn't going on a spiral upwards because they would feel great about themselves. And in that feeling of greatness and in that spiral upwards and that trajectory upwards, the feeling of jealousy diminishes because why the fuck would they want anybody else? Like, I'm great. I'm doing so good right now. I mm-hmm. look great. I feel great. I'm, and it just doesn't really happen. But when you start to not implement things in your life that are good for you, not that feel good because chocolate feels good, not that feel good because wanking off to porn feels good, but things that are good for you, things that are actually good for your livelihood, good for your alignment of your core values and just the things that just are going to make you a better person from day to day, month to month, year to year. When you're not doing those things, you steadily decline and you know this. And then what happens is your fear brain takes over and your fear brain tells you that you're not good enough Mm. and it's right you're not good enough you're not living up to your potential and there is the potential for your partner to find somebody nicer than you and therefore if you're feeling jealous then you need to start addressing what way you're living and you need to start addressing which way you could act over the next few days to make sure that you're better every single day and then you need to start acting in a way where you're you you know that your partner is going to fancy you mm. and that will make sure that jealousy does not creep in mm. it will not creep in if you're doing the things that you know will make your partner fancy you if you're training if you're eating healthy if you're aiming for a better job if you're if you're doing everything that you would do in the dating game yeah if you're just striving to be the best version of yourself and not necessarily I don't necessarily agree with what you would do in the dating game because I do think that it's very different when you're in the dating game there's a lot of ego in play there's a lot of outside sources having like having power over what you do and what you choose yeah but I didn't mean that I meant more along the lines of like you're, as soon as you're yeah. in the dating game, you're like, you're on point trying to make yourself beautiful. Yeah, but that's you're not on just point the trying to make game. your life good. That's you trying to be a better person because you're on your own and you want, and it's true. And that's... you're trying to attract a mate. Mm. You're trying to attract, a, like, a, another person into your life. Mm. And the only way to attract another person in your life is to up your frequency. Mm. And that's what people do in the dating game. 
-hmm. but they should do it in a relationship if they feel like they're going to be cheated on or if they feel like jealousy is creeping in. Go back to, like, trying to be attractive to your partner. Mm -hmm. Do everything in your possible power to make yourself attractive to your partner. You know, what's so funny is I don't feel jealousy at all. And I felt more jealousy when I was with you, like when I watched the girls that you would train or whatever. Like, I... I just feel like... Oh, yeah, you suffered with that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. And mm. I just feel like you're gorgeous and I'm gorgeous and we're just gorgeous together. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's really, like, simple to me now. And it obviously just comes down to that self-growth and self-development and assurance that, you know, a lot of my vision is and a lot of my work and what I'm try trying to choose to do for myself is because I want us to have this life together and this freedom together like I want us to raise our children together I don't want someone mm. to have to sacrifice anything in their life and yeah I'm actually going to just go to the next question um because and then yeah. we'll leave it there because we've got we've kind of gone very long but it's been fantastic so um, oh we're only at 50 minutes it's uh, all right yeah how long <laughs> have you ever or sorry have you ever felt that your partner wasn't trying to maintain the relationship you go my answer is I'd like no like to me I'm like honestly I think this is given away like I think long distance is given much more of like a negative opinion than what it really is I've actually found it really quite easy um but I don't know. No, I I don't feel like you you haven't ever been trying to maintain the relationship. No, I, I think my answer is just no. I don't really know how to elaborate on that because sometimes mm. you frustrate me when you don't text back, but I don't think that's because you don't want to maintain the relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or like, yeah, you, you go. Well, nothing about how we approached it would suggest that that was even a thing to mm. fall into. We, we said to each other that this is a challenge that we both accept. But then and it doesn't we even moved into it. feel like a challenge. Like, okay, yes, in a way it does, but it is. It, it's like you definitely, I think, see it that way more than I do. And we've talked about that before. But like, I see it as like opportunity and I see it as like a time for me to do what I want to do. And I know that like, when I talk but to that's people about... bad because like it's you could do all of that while you're with me yeah of course I could but I, I don't need to be with you to do it no um but some people when I explain to them they're like oh that's a bit weird I could never do that and I'm like what really and I think that, well, that's like, what I thought but like that's what society tells us we need to do we need to marry we need to stay together we need to sleep beside each other for the rest of our life forever more amen like that's not right and and again one of the things I've learned recently is that when you've got a relationship and say for example there's like 20 positive interactions per day and one negative interaction per day that relationship is going to fail if you've got a relationship that has 20 negative interactions and one positive reaction a day that relationship is going to fail but if you've got a relationship that is 10 positive and 10 negative interactions per day that's the relationship that strives that's the relationship that creates a successful bond and partnership forever more men like I don't know. I just think that people have this idea and of you know the why? way relationships need to be. And it's like, fuck, mm. man, that's pressure. Mm. Does that answer the but question? But you can understand. <laughs> yeah. 
But I also can understand that some people are not in the headspace that we were in when we entered into the long distance relationship. I think that that's why there's so many divorce rates. I think that that's, it's so difficult for people to stay together. Like, it is. It really is difficult for people to stay together because... <sighs> I remember someone writing to me on Instagram one time and I said, like, you know, Paul and I said to each other that we want to enter this relationship in a way whereby we can act sing single and make single choices, but actually be together as a committed relationship. And by single mm -hmm. choices, I don't mean anything with anyone else in the world like that's all very clear those boundaries are set in place we're monogamous is that the word yes that's the word monogamous not polyamorous <laughs> so like singular choices are things like orla i think i want to go to the united states and study in university mm -hmm. not what do you think and how would you feel about me going to the united states like if you've made that decision in your head you go to your partner and you tell them this is what you want because if you continue to approach that in a way where it's like oh what do you think about this and if they close that down that is going to build resentment and resentment and resentment on top of each other and that i think will blow up 100 percent. and to be honest like you can only be honest in that sense like if you tell your partner like look I want to go to Tasmania for a year and they say yes and after like six months they're like look this isn't working for me well that's fair like at mm. least you both said like that's how it's gonna like that's it this is what I want for me right now come back from Tasmania and you both give, like... it, and give it a shot you give it a try yeah do you know yeah I think that that's probably a good one to end on. Um, is there anything else you would like to add? Because this will stop recording in five minutes. So was there anything oh, that you want to... five minutes. Yeah. Um, I think that the main thing that people need to realise when it comes to, like, long-distance relationship and actually, like, maintenance of a relationship is communication is crucial. It's going to be the making or breaking of any relationship in any capacity. Can I add if a word you... in front of communication? Mm-hmm. Honest communication. Yeah. Yeah. The fact is that... I was... I recently said to you, like... Did I turn? I turned around to you recently and I said, "Oh, I can't remember what it was. I know that it was a scenario where I was just like, this is, oh, I turned around to you and was like, that's just triggered me. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> and attracted, like yesterday. What was that? Something was said and I was like, you've triggered me. Like that, and it was pretty much at that point it was the end of the conversation but it didn't stop us coming back in three hours time and having a lovely chat do you know what i mean mm. like having the ability to just go like look what you're saying is really like it's got me to the bone um i don't want to talk to you right this second about that but and then we're like as long as you're honest about it and they can understand where you're coming from and then three hours down the line like we have another chat and it's as if it never even really happened like it's mm. been addressed it's been sorted it's there's been no expressed. resentment it's clear it's clear mm. it's not under the rug it's not waiting to come up and start an argument it's done it's dealt with 
Mm. And it allows space for the next part of the conversations or part of the relationship to move through without obstacle, without unclear explosions. There's nothing worse than a relationship where your partner fucking explodes for no apparent reason. It mm. might be apparent to them, but it's not to you. And they start bringing up stuff for the last three months. Mm. And it's because they've resented you for a period of time for lots of little things. And, you and know the communication what? wasn't we there. We haven't had that at all. No. Since because... we've been long distance. But in Kununara, we had it a lot. Well, you were finding life up here difficult, so... It was understandable. Mm. Mm. I'm sure there's going to be so many people that can relate to everything that we have just said. And thank you again for being incredible. I love you so much. <laughs> you always you. blow my mind with the stuff that you come out with. And I am so excited for the day that you say, Orla, I'm finished my book and I've created my podcast and everything else. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Paul. Thank you so much no for just being thank open. You. Thank you. I love you too. And we'll let them go. Bye, guys. Catch you soon. If you've made it this far, thank you so, so much for listening to my podcast, The Distance Within Us, and this short series that I will be doing with my partner, Paul Robinson. If some of this has resonated with you, and you feel like you need to just have someone to talk to, please reach out to me through my Instagram, Dr. Orla Furlong. I will be there to listen to you because I believe that your voice needs to be heard too. Thanks again, and I'll see you in my next episode.